0: Well, today we're going to talk about, um, you know, taking up your cross, losing your life and all those kind of things. I've had, uh, I would say, three or four people, in uh, different people, in, in the fellowship, ask me about these verses. And I thought it good to just share on these verses. Uh, anything in our life that seems to contradict the life of God and that which God has freely given us, brings a little bit of a a question mark uh, in our subconscious. And it's as if our heart doesn't really want to trust how good God is. That's why I think it's important to understand some of the verses, understand what Jesus meant by them. Now, I remember a time when I was thinking, you know, if, if I love my life in this world, it means that I like a car, I like a nice house, I like a nice, um, you know, uh, shoes or a shirt or pants or, um, you know, I would like to go on a vacation. And I I thought that that was um, the life of this world. And then I needed to hate the life of this world and life in this world and basically hated to be on earth. Um, And from there, just desire to go to heaven. Uh, I can remember times when I would Go to a wedding, you know, and I would see people drinking wine, or I would see people smoking some cigarettes, and 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 I would hear them play worldly music, and I would say to my wife, you know, I hate life in this world. Um, I don't want to live in this world. Uh, we, I can't wait for for the Lord to return. I think then she was still my girlfriend. It was before I the time before I even got married, and and it, it, one would walk with this kind of a judgmental thing and. You can actually enjoy nothing and uh, you know when we read John chapter 12 we can quickly have a look at uh, what this says and then explain this. It says in John 12 from verse 23, And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit he who loves his life shall lose it, but he who hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will the father honor so um here we can clearly see in verse 25 it says he that loves his life shall lose it and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life now hating your life in this world is not to say i hate to go to a movie Um, i hate to see people play sport Um, i hate to see television just being secular I, you know, everything must just be gospel, must just read the Bible, just listen to gospel music, just do gospel things, just go to church, and, and all the spiritual things. That is not what that verse is trying to say. That verse doesn't have a lot to do with, um, you know, eating and drinking, and if your friend is a sinner or not, or any of those kind of things. That is not what, it, what it's talking about. Even when we look at Jesus... We didn't find Jesus hating uh, this world. We didn't find Jesus hating the people of this world. We found that Jesus was a friend of sinners and to be a friend of someone you need to be friendly. Uh, let me say that again. In order to be a friend of someone you need to be friendly. So friend and friendliness goes together. When someone is friendly to you and he continues to be friendly, you'll find that this person loves you, he's kind to you, and your heart will open up uh, to a place where the friendliness of the person wins your favor, and he becomes the one that's continually friendly with you called your friend, the one that seals the deal for you, the one that blesses you, that encourages you, uh, who you love to be in his presence. That's what it, what it basically means. And Jesus was a friend of sinners. And he didn't hate it to be a friend of sinners. He didn't hate it to live a life in this world where he would be called a, a wine bubber and a drunkard and all those kind of things where he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That is not what he hated. And I have found that, that we have had this concept of we must hate this the the, the people of this world we must hate this world and all those kind of things but that's not what the verse says let us just read what the context is in John here Jesus uh, Jesus comes and he says the time has come the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified now what is he talking about the glorification of the son of man that means that man lives in an unglorified state. When he talks about the son of man there, he was talking about himself and he was also talking about people. Whenever the Bible talks about the son of man, we should read it in the light of the representative of man, the one that stands for all of man. He says the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Now, if Jesus says that the Son of Man should be glorified, it means that man lives in an unglorified state. So, God came and gave life and breath and all things to man and the life and the breath that we have, the life that we have is inside a vessel and inside a system that that is not glorified. In other words, wherein the view and opinion that God has of it is not in line with it. Um, the word glory means a, a view and opinion. Uh, glory, basically, if we talk about glory, if we say the glory of Tiger Woods, it would be golf. The glory of Muhammad Ali would be boxing. Uh, you know, the glory, the glory of Michael Phelps is swimming so in the very same way um, you know man was in a place where he he was not glorified he lived in an unglorified state and the 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 the, to understand and define this glorified state or unglorified state we need to understand what God's plan with man was what his view and opinion of man was and why he made man from the beginning okay let me just summarize what I'm trying to say here. In John chapter 12, Jesus comes and he says that, um, Except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. Um, and it, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life shall lose it. But he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. And um, And he talks about following him and those kind of things. What's very important that we need to understand here is that Jesus was talking about the glorification of man. Now what is the glorification of man? When we go to Ephesians chapter 1, we understand God's original view and opinion. The glorious view that God has about man and what his plan was for man. Now let's go to Ephesians 1 and we just look at what God's plan was with man. Now some of you might have heard me preach on this. So just bear with me. Let me just lay this foundation again. It says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as, or just as, or in line with, as he has chosen us before in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. colon explaining now what it means when he has chosen us to be holy above blame before him in love. This is what it means. It means having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So here he says that um, that God has predecided that he will adopt us as children. He will adoption, it talks about the adoption of children. Now what is this adoption? We are looking at what God planned from the beginning. We're looking at what God had in mind for us from the beginning. What did God have in mind for us from the beginning? the adoption of sons which is what which is to be holy without blame before him inside his love now what does god define as holy without blame before him in love we define that as doing everything right many times we define that as living a holy life which it also includes but what does god talk about when he refers to the adoption of sons or the adoption of children. We can read this in Romans chapter 8. Um, let me find the right verse here. It says here in verse 23, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, comma, To witness, or you can see to wit there is in italics, it means waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. The redemption of our body. So what does Paul say here? He says that uh, what God has come to do is, he says it's time that the Son of Man be glorified. Now, who was the Son of Man? The Son of Man was the representative of all of mankind inside human flesh, which is Jesus. He said it was time that He would be glorified, meaning that Jesus Jesus was in an unglorified state. What does that mean? The Bible says that Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. That means when Jesus was at the age of 30, If he would have become 60 um, and has not died at the age of 30, he would have started to become old. He wouldn't look like a 17 year old. Uh, He would look like a 60 year old. Meaning that he incarnated a body wherein death dwells. He incarnated a body that lives by what we call the world system. Or that tried to have life, uh, you know, or that was taken from people that had to that tried to have life by obedience to commandments. Uh, it, he was and he possessed a body of this world. Now what does the Bible talk about when it talks about this world? And that is a very important verse and, and let us read that in John 12 again. John 12 says, because this is important, he that loves his life shall lose it, and he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. So what has happened here? God has granted us to have life or to be alive. Now, when God makes you alive, when we have life, The life that we have, the life that God granted us, was taken captive inside what we call the world system. So our life is inside a jar, if you want to call it like that, or inside a system called the world system. And this jar is full of cracks. Um, It is like a pot that's full of cracks that cannot keep the water. And the water will start, slowly leak out and go to waste uh, and not be kept uh, eternally. So when we live in this world system, when we live in the law system and we are inside this body, what we have now, which finds its life by works righteousness, that is what I believe it talks about here, this world, the world system. He says, when we hate it, To see this precious life inside the the vase or inside the pot uh, of the world wherein it will go to waste. When we hate that, Uh, it it says that we shall keep our life. We shall not lose our life. Uh, In other words, what he was pointing to here is, and I believe he was talking about the Pharisees and the Jews, and it can be Uh, extended to all people if you want to keep your life and keep your life means not um, continue to do but have your life preserved eternally to have eternal life and think that you, you will have eternal life and that the container of works righteousness will be able to contain your life and preserve your life eternally your life will be lost because the Lord does not possess the ability to keep the life that God has given you unto eternal life but you shall die and have the even what is called the second death should you try and have your life preserved inside inside, uh, 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 the container of works righteousness when we look at, uh, you know, in South Africa, we've got this, this thing called biltong. It's almost like a beef jerky in South Africa, in, in the United States, but not exactly the same. What we basically do is we take meat and then we put it inside vinegar. Uh, v- inside vinegar for about 30 minutes or so and uh, 30 to 40 minutes. We take it out of that and then we spice it uh, with a little bit of brown vinegar Um, you know and we will, we will, or even in the vinegar you can put your spices and stuff and then after leaving it there for, some people leave it for 30 minutes, other people leave it for 2 hours depending on how strong your spices are and all those kind of things then we just hang it out to dry and then that meat is preserved Uh, Now, if you think that you're going to preserve meat by just hanging it out in the open air you know, it's going to rot, it's not gonna Uh, be preserved but if you use the vinegar and you use the preservatives you'll find that the meat will be preserved and you can keep it for a very long time and eat it later on so in the in the same way you know we cannot think that we will have our lives preserved unto eternal life uh, by making use of the container of the law now let's read this verse carefully and see what it says here he that loves his life shall lose it. And now he explains the context of loving life. And he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. So if we hate it to have our life inside this world, when it talks about this world there, please don't see it as this cosmos. Or please don't see it as on the planet Earth. Because that's not what it's saying. We will eternally be on the planet earth Jesus is returning back and this earth will be glorified our bodies will be glorified and so shall we be with the Lord eternally Not in heaven, but heaven will come to earth and earth will take on the shape of heaven and the glorified state of heaven And so on a glorified earth in glorified body. We will be on the earth So he's not saying hate life on earth he's saying that if you hate it to see Life contained inside law, inside the things of this world, you know, and you try to preserve your life by the works of the law, you will lose your life. For the works of the law cannot keep you alive. Now, when we go to Genesis chapter 3, we see the very same thing. And let us just have a look at that. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Let us look at what Satan said to to Adam and Eve here. And this is many times what we struggle with today as well. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle, this is verse 1, than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yes, has God said, You shall not eat of of uh, of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, that your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now what what happened here was Adam and Eve, what God came and did was he took dust and, and then he gave this dust the opportunity to have life and he blew the breath of life into this dust and then this dust could eternally live and have the life granted to it, preserved eternally by making use of the preservative which is called eternal life or the tree of life which we know today is Jesus himself and the life contained inside Christ so when Adam came and he became a living soul living soul literally means just he was made alive Uh, the word living soul is referred to in the old testament I think over 30 times to even the life of animals now I'm not saying we are animals, I'm just saying it means to be alive. So if he's granted you life, this life that you have can be a partaker or can, ha- can, have, um, can be eternally preserved by making use of the eternal spirit of life to indwell it. So when we get born, we are created by God, God makes us. That is what happened to Adam and Eve. But when, should Adam have made use of the Holy Spirit and continued in the belief uh, that God has for him, he would have created a place where his life would have been preserved eternally. But he didn't do that. He said that I can have, I will not die. This is what Satan came and sold to Adam and Eve. He said, you will not die if you want to preserve your life inside the container of knowing good and evil. Just know good and evil and you will not die. It's a lie. God knows you'll be like God. Now, how do, what, what does it mean to be like God? First Timothy, I think it's 1.16, even in six, uh, chapter 6, it says that, God, the only one who possesses immortality, our King, the only one that possesses immortality, uh, the only one with eternal undying life, we will be like Him, how? By knowing good and evil, that is what Satan said, he said you can preserve your life, you can take the life that God has given you, you can have the highest quality of life and preserve it forevermore by knowing good and evil. But Jesus comes and says, if you hate to see your life inside the container of this world system, your life will be preserved. He says, follow me, take up your cross. That's what it says in Matthew 16. And we can go and read that. Let's go to Matthew 16. Take up your cross and follow me. What does it mean to take up your cross? Take up the death. That Christ brings forth. Now, look at, 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 at Peter. This is in, in, in Matthew 16. Let us just read it. I think it's verse 20, 16. Verse, um, my goodness, did I make a mistake now? Um, here it is. This is Jesus saying that he will die. And um, Then Peter took him aside in verse 22 and began to rebuke him, saying to him, Be it far from you, Lord, for this shall not be unto you. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offence unto me, for you, uh, you don't mind the things of God, but the things of man. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man, what is man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or his own life? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his own life? For the son of man shall come in the glory of the Father with angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. Now let me explain that. What Jesus is saying here is, if we want to save our own life, in other words, if we say, "I I love, and this is the context, I love the life in the flesh. I love the life in the container of the Lord. I love the life in the container of the knowledge of good and evil like Peter was thinking he was thinking if Jesus can just live in this normal unglorified life forever and so can he live and he can be a king for a time and take over uh uh, the, the the Roman rule and and just you know love life in this world and love life inside the world system you know then it will all be okay but Jesus said listen man I need to die Um, and Peter couldn't understand this and what Jesus was hating Jesus hated the life inside the unglorified human flesh but what he loved was he loved the immortal eternal life that would be inside glorified flesh not inside human effort to try and preserve life, but to have life on account of eternal life, to, have a, to be a life preserved eternally by the Spirit of God indwelling us. And then he comes and he says, if you are willing to lose your life, Peter, what was he talking about? This life wherein he thinks that life is contained in who is the king on this earth and who's the leader in the political party and who lives right and who doesn't live right. If you can hate that life and hate that your life is contained inside the container of good works and you are willing to see that life crucified and you are willing to take up your cross, Now, you might say, you know, what does it mean to take up your cross? It's simple. Whose cross was Jesus' cross? Jesus' cross was your cross. So when Jesus took up the cross and went went to Golgotha and he was crucified there, if you can take that same cross up, meaning you are saying that his death is your death that you don't have your life preserved anymore in being a Jew living according to Jewish principles um, having your life preserved in obedience to Old Testament commandments and trying to have life by a system which seems to be unto life which is the law if you can see that as crucified and dead and you can take up that cross as your cross and say that your life is not contained in that anymore, but that your life is now contained in the resurrected Jesus, your life shall be preserved. You will have immortal, eternal life. What will happen is, in the return of Christ, even if you have died, you'll be raised from the dead to live forevermore in the same glorified state as Jesus is in. Now you might say, Bertie, what significance does that have to just this normal life this is how it work and I'm gonna I'm gonna close off with this when we look at normal life when we look at the life we have in this world the moment we are inside the container of works that container is leaking life and as life leaks out, we find the manifestation of death showing And as you would take a pot, fill it up with water and it's got a small crack in it and it's dripping out life, you'll find the life lessening and lessening and lessening and it becomes more empty and more empty and more empty. And that emptiness is what we would call in this life the fruit of the flesh or the result of trying to preserve life by works of the flesh. And as we see more of that, You know, we find that frustration comes in, bitterness, hatred, love of money, lies, wickedness, evil motives, and all those kind of things start to fill our lives as this container of works is not able to contain the life God freely grants us. But if we say we see this container smashed, Uh, on the cross we see it broken as we see that we don't we're not going to try and have our lives preserved inside that container we're going to have our lives preserved inside the immortal undying resurrected body of Jesus saying that his life is my life the moment we believe that we find that not just we don't find the pots crack sealed we find that this new pot, this new container, doesn't leak out life. And life is contained inside of that. And we see the fruit of the Spirit flooding our lives in love, joy, kindness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness, justice, all those kind of things. We see it inside our lives. So the importance of this teaching is this. When we believe in His life as our life, as the resurrected Jesus, as the, the one who contains or wherein my life will be contained, the promise that the Holy Spirit will raise me up into immortality, when we believe that and we say we, 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 we lock our lives safely in this truth, we find the fruit of the Spirit in the here and now. And that is what I call quality of life it's quality of life to be kind it's a high quality of life to be generous it's a high quality of life to have peace it's a high quality of life to have joy and kindness and all these things in our lives not to be always angry to when you look at people to love them now that cannot be um, uh, uh, the container of works cannot Cannot contain such a life it leaks out but the container that says there's a human seated at the right hand of the father and that his life is your life that will contain good works peace and joy in your life amen and amen Uh, well let me pray with you and just minister to you just for uh, a few minutes concerning this father i thank you that i can pray for everybody that is been watching this webcast I thank you Lord that their lives are richly blessed by this message and I thank you Lord that their lives is contained inside the finished work of Jesus inside the resurrected Jesus and thank you Lord that they will not try and contain their life in the things of this world and in the world system that they will hate their life in this world That they will hate it to see their life contained in works but love it to see, to see the works container crucified died broken and they can feast on that revelation and see their lives hidden in christ and that they so can have the fruit of the spirit thank you father for that in jesus mighty name amen amen Now if you need any prayer, if you have got any sickness in your body, if you just need somebody to agree with you, please feel free to contact any of our web pastors. Just go to dynamicministries.com. Also feel free to go to our archive on dynamicministries.com. Just click on Messages and then Sunday Service Archive and you will find a lot, hundreds and hundreds of grace-based messages there. And um, just... Delve into that, indulge into those teachings, it will really bless your life. Thank you so much for watching. I would just also want to just use this opportunity to thank everybody that gives towards Dynamic Love Ministries. Uh, It is by your gift that we are able to do these webcasts, that we are able to travel all over the world, and I want to thank you for your generosity. If You might ask Bertie, how can I give towards the Web Fellowship, it's very simple. You just click on the donate button at the top of our um, uh, webpage and you can make a donation just as you feel in your heart. Know this, uh, no giving under compulsion is accepted. We don't accept that. It's um, If we find out that you give under compulsion, we will give the money back to you. We don't want... Uh, we don't want to receive it that way. This is just for people that feel in their heart, the generosity rise in their heart, and that they want to be partakers of that. Thank you so much for that. Uh, if you've got any questions, send it to info at and uh, I will see you again next week. God bless you.